There's no better time and no bigger, more important time than the present. And while we might be looking and recruiting for the future, we still have to make those players and guys that we have now feel important because those are the guys we're going to be going to war with next year. You know, I think intricate piece of um, having excitement, being excited, bringing energy, um, just like we're asking our players to do. I think that's that's a great part of setting um, that culture when we, when we dive into that. You know, we live in an age where kids are pressured. You know, there's a higher expectation to win. And sometimes coaches can be really transactional. So obviously there's a time and a place to compete and get better, but also setting that tone that, hey, we can have a little bit of fun. That goes a long way. Fellas, 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 welcome back to the Farm System Podcast, your home for baseball development. We're here for you, by you, and with you. I'm your co-host, Joey Cunha. And I'm Bo Callis. This podcast is designed for coaches, players, scouts, really anyone looking to further their development in the game of baseball. Here at the Farm System, we take pride in being lifelong learners, and we are here to be a bridge from where you are to where you're going. We'd like to welcome back our veteran listeners. We're happy to grow with you again. We'd also like to welcome our first-time listeners, the rookies. Don't worry, every vet was once a rookie. This podcast is brought to you by our partners over at Yakertech. Yakertech is the gold standard for measuring spin rate, velocity, trajectory, and most important, spin axis of a pitched ball. No other system captures such clarity of a moving ball. Learn more about their system at yakertech.com. On this episode... Bo and I dive into some of the questions asked by some of our listeners. Pull up a seat, grab your notepad, here's Bo and Joe. Welcome back to another episode of The Farm, Unfiltered. Joey, 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 my man. Excited to be back on the mic with you and have another opportunity to chat some baseball and spread some knowledge through the airwaves. And uh, for this episode, I think it'd be a good transition as we move throughout um, the seasons and transition into summer to talk about and open up some different aspects of training and utilizing that summertime for player development. For this week also, we asked for your guys' help and and questions to open up and see what you guys want to join and to dive into. Uh, And and to start off with those questions, um, we have a question from Coach Span, Coach Kelly Span. My man, Kelly Span, baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> coach span coach span asks um what can coaches do to create better relationships with their players um joy with you having coached at the high school level and now in that private uh sector uh training players uh, why don't you go ahead and start off with some of your thoughts and ideas yeah so we kind of dove into this a little bit on the last episode we kind of uh, dove in and in, in that way but um you know one, one of the biggest pieces with you know continuing to develop relationships one thing i challenged uh some of my players with as i would tell them and say hey you know like every single day when you come in i want you to tell me something about you right like bring in tell me any random fact you know tell me about uh your brothers i want to know you know what's going on with them i want to know you know how they did during their games or i want to know you know if they're playing different sports um and i think that also you know with that um i i challenge you know on that same note of me telling them something about me um, and a lot of times it has to do with outside of uh, uh, baseball. 
Another great thing uh, that I think is really important is definitely diving in. I mean, if uh, I forgot where I read this, but you know, if we think about like a dog, right? When we get home, the dog's always happy to see us. Like everybody's always happy to talk to someone that is excited to talk to them. So obviously when we bring a whole bunch of energy or we're energetic when guys come in the door um, and we're really excited, you know, to see them when they walk into the place, that, that really helps develop a great foundation, um, you know, for us to continue to build a relationship from that point. So that's a very, you know, I think intricate piece of um, having excitement, being excited, bringing energy, um, just like we're asking our players to do. I think that's that's a great part of setting um, that culture when we when we dive into that. So uh, that's a big piece uh, for me, for starters, for sure, Bo. Yeah, and I think a big aspect of this is understanding what level you're coaching at, obviously at the high school level. Um, during the summer, you'll have a lot of time to interact with those players because they're still in, in the local area. I um, mean, you know, obviously that's when they start to travel a little bit more and playing in some of these travel ball tournaments and circuits. But um, you have more time with them as opposed to when you when you go to college and sometimes you're moving out of state, those college coaches, the players are going home. So they don't have, um, you know, the summer to, to interact with them on the campus, uh, which was challenging for me, you know, as when I was coaching out in Sterling. Uh, we had a group me and, you know, me being the hitting guy, I was responsible for, um, you know, maintaining that relationship, checking in on guys and holding guys accountable. Uh, college coaches, that's huge. You got to make sure that you're still uh, staying in contact and kind of bridging that gap and holding those guys accountable. And then, um, you know, those high school and youth coaches, obviously, more than likely, those guys will still be in your area and you're actually inter- interacting with them on a daily basis. And like Joey mentions, uh, you know, sometimes coaching can can be monotonous and sometimes it's hard for us to show up every day with energy. But um, bringing that energy and that and that um, enthusiasm to practice every day and just kind of setting that culture for your players and laying the groundwork um, for them to come to the field with enthusiasm and excitement every day is, is a huge aspect of that. Yeah, no, and I think that brings in, um, you know, one of those experiences that I had, I was talking to Eugene about this just the other day, is that when I worked for uh, Planet Fitness, I remember one of the first things I had to do when I became a regional manager was I had to take over one of, uh, of our other facilities was struggling. And so when I took over that facility, um, we were operating at a very low staff. Basically, we had about, um, I think it was, we were operating about, we were supposed to have like 16 employees. And at one point, it was me and five other employees, right? So me, us going into that, um, you know, a whole bunch of guys are working doubles. Obviously, you know, uh, when there's been a loss of culture, a loss of leadership at that point, and I'm, I'm now stepping into this new arena and I was um, every single day, obviously very tired. I'm showing up every day, working all of these hours um, and also trying to organize, doing a whole bunch of interviews. Um, Long story short, every single day, um, you know, when I got there, I remember in the parking lot, first off, I'd play a whole bunch of, uh, you know, really exciting, like hype music, right? On the way there, I had to get my, myself in that mindset. And then when I pull into the parking lot before I get into the car, you know, again, I would, uh, I'd close my eyes. I'd think about, you know, how I wanted the day to go. Um, I think about the energy I wanted to have, even if I was tired or not, you know, um, tired or not, I had to put myself in that mindset of how I wanted, um, everybody to perceive. Uh, me when I came into the building that I was happy to be there. I was full of energy and I was working, you know, more hours than them. Why wouldn't they, why shouldn't they be excited? Right. Um, and so I remember doing that when I walk in, I'd be walking into the building, like bring energy, bring energy, bring energy. Right. And then, and, and, and telling myself, you know, as a leader, that's my responsibility to set the tone, um, you know, and set the tone and set that, that culture, the moment that I walk in the building every single time, how I interacted with, uh, customers, how I interacted with the rest of the staff. I was setting the tone in that way of how they should go about their business. And the same thing overlays, obviously, with coaching and the leadership. I mean, 
uh, leadership is leadership. If that's, you know, coaching, if that's, you know, again, being a, a, you know, manager somewhere, or if that's also, um, you know, uh, being a parent, right. Um, always setting the tone in that way of what the standard is, is very important. I think that that went a long ways, uh, for turning that gym around, um, during that time. So I think that was a big thing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and obviously like, like we'd mentioned several times, um, like, like coach span, he's at that, the high school level and has a, the chance to impact that Joey. Um, let's say you're at a college program. You may not have uh, the interaction with them on a daily basis. Um, if, if that's the case for some of those coaches listening in that are, uh, you know, kind of working to bridge that gap, maybe they're just getting into the college game. How would you go about bridging that gap and maintaining that relationship throughout the summer? Yeah, no, um, definitely, definitely with that, you know, that, that relationship throughout, I think it's very important, um, for people to stay in touch. Right. I mean, obviously that's, that's the thing, even if that's setting, um, I would set reminders on my phone. Look, it's very easy to forget, especially when you're managing, um, you know, like, let's say again, if when you're leading a whole bunch of people, it's very important. It's always the little things. And I, I remember I'd set a whole bunch of reminders in my phone for guys like birthdays or special events that are happening, or if I was supposed to give them a phone call or even like checkups with certain guys, you know, just a quick reminder, like, Hey, I should shoot this guy a text, see how that, that game went. I should shoot this guy a text. You know, it's, it's, um, you know, it's his, his dad passed away a year ago today or, you know, things like that. Those are the things that players, you know, that's a, that's a big piece for players. And that's a big piece for, um, you know, keep in touch with other coaches. I mean, that's just a great mindset all around is just, you know, help yourself out and utilize the calendars in your phone, help yourself out and utilize um, a lot of the technology that we have now um, to help you stay in touch with players again. And that's the thing is like, um, you know, that relationship is very important. And, you know, I obviously understand that there, you have a lot of things going on, but I think that there's a lot of ways um, that we can um, put ourselves in a, in a situation that we can really continue to build that relationship by utilizing that tech. Yeah. And I think an important thing for all the college coaches listening and to remember is there's no better time and no bigger, more important time than the present. And while we might be looking and recruiting for the future, we still have to make those players and guys that we have now feel important because those are the guys we're going to be going to war with next year. Um, so always empowering and always making those guys feel important and, and like they're part of the unit, you know, even during that summer period is huge. Shout out to Coach Kelly Spann there at Lone Star High School for that question. Um, as we transition now, next question we had in was from Brennan Brown. Oh man, Brennan Brown, baby. <laughs> big big Coach Brown 22 on Twitter. Go give him the follow. Um, Coach Brown asks, when is the best time to do a youth camp? Um, obviously, this question has to have some context and kind of uh, depending on what level you're at and things like that. But Joy, why don't you start us off with some of your thoughts on that? Best time to do a youth camp all the time. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but with that being said, yeah, I, obviously, guys, like I'm a big fan of guys getting uh, players getting out. I mean, more often than not now, it's very... Um, very easy for people to stay indoors. Obviously, we understand, um, you know, the times have changed uh, quite a bit. I remember when I was a kid, um, in the morning, I'd wake up super early, go jump on my bike, and, I'd, you know, mom wouldn't see me unless I was, you know, hungry and ready to eat. So, um, you know, I'd be home when the lights turned on. I remember that. That was that was uh, my time to be home. So, obviously, a lot different nowadays. A lot of kids not playing and uh, playing outside as much. So, you know, obviously, with camps and that and that end, um, very important, you know, and something that I think is very engaging to get players out um, and involved in the game of baseball. Um, with that being said, I think a really great time that helps parents. Obviously, that's a big thing we have to consider when we're running youth camps is is the, you know, the accessibility for parents. Um, I think 
if you obviously have kids, one of the biggest times of years and why they're so successful during those times is uh, summer camps. Summer camps are obviously gigantic. Um, and that's because of a lot of different things. I mean, first off, your kids are now out of school, right? Especially if they're not in summer school or something like that. We all know that, uh, you know, sending your kids to um, anywhere is expensive, right? And with that being said, if any type of childcare is very expensive. So if they can find an environment, you know, I say that all the time with our parents as well, is instead of paying for childcare, if they can take them to a youth camp where they can go and be, um, you know, they're going to learn a whole bunch of things and they're also going to, it's going to be, you know, much cheaper than taking them uh, to something like that. It's a, it's a very um, accessible option for parents. And I think that's something that they really buy into. Um, you can even host multiple throughout the summer. Um, and there's a lot of different ideas and different ways that, uh, you know, I've seen them run in the past. I know, uh, Bo, you, he's going to kind of take us through some of what they did at UVU. And then, um, I'll kind of dive into some of the experience I've had with camps, um, as well. Yeah. You know, I think it's important depending on where you're coaching and, and what you're trying to set up the camp for. Um, obviously like Joey mentioned, the biggest thing is scheduling around when the parents can get the kids to the camp. Um, which Utah Valley, we'd usually run the camps um, basically from like the morning. So the parents could come drop them off in the morning on their way to work. And then they're, they're going to come pick them up uh, when they're off work. So it kind of runs like a work day, uh, the, the nine to five schedule. Um, obviously, when you run a youth camp, we'd always provide them lunch. We'd always provide them a snack. Yep. We'd always provide them something. So um, that that's included. So the kids are getting, you know, fueled and energized and they're ready to go. Um and then, you know, every we'd, we'd usually break it into uh, four or five stations, you know, an hour and a half hour of movement. And then, you know, they get a break. We talk, we do some um, some some kind of group activities. You break again, uh, you come back in, you, you you do lunch and then, you know, you go into your third segment. Uh, you, 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 you get them going for an hour, hour and a half. You know, you give them another break and then you're wrapping it up at the end with some type of kind of reflection, um, helping the kids feel empowered, kind of helping them self-discovery um because it, it at the end of the day guys it's not what we know as coaches until the kids know that we care um and and, and you know utah valley they did a great job of of letting the kids have fun i think that you know as baseball coaches we still need to show these kids that it's okay to have fun and play the game um especially at a young age you know we live in an age where uh, kids are pressured you know there's a higher expectation to win um you know there's a higher expectation and, and sometimes coaches can be really transactional so Setting that example at youth camps that baseball's fun and it's okay to, you know, the obviously there's a time and a place to compete and get better, but also setting that tone that, hey, we can have a little bit of fun. Um, that goes a long way. Yeah, no, and that's a big thing. I mean, um, uh, one of my you know experiences that I love to uh, pull from because I think it was ran so well, um, Coach Littlewood over there at BYU does a really great job. They run uh, quite a bit of camps there. So if you guys are in the Utah area and you can guys can get over to BYU, there's a little plug I'll get for BYU right there. I was part of their camps uh, um, the last year um, during that summertime, and they did a really great job um, of, of making it fun and also a whole bunch of players uh, learning a whole bunch while they're there, um, learning a lot about BYU and understanding a lot of the culture um, in that way. And, and, and I think the, the great job with the coaching staff they did in that is there was a lot of, like, like, uh, Bo was saying, the first couple of days, there's a lot of teaching, there's a lot of coaching, but with how they finish it up, it's like a tournament, right? Everybody has their own teams. They, they, they get to interact with a whole bunch of different players, um, within their age groups. And then they get to stick with the coach the entire time and they got to compete. And I think that's a very, um, you know, fun way to go about it. Um, and, and the players always left and they, uh, there's a lot of kids that even that on the team that I was coaching, um, that said that they had been coming for a couple years. And I think, you know, it's one of those things that they love to hit every single year. Um, it was also great 
Uh, BYU also had a whole bunch of new, um, obviously with the new field and everything that they had going into uh, the last uh, the last two years. They had the brand new field and they had the turf. It was really uh, very easy for setup, and they also utilized some of the different areas of the school. Um, and then just like Bo was saying too, uh, providing lunch and having that that atmosphere. Uh, if that's something that's accessible, obviously it doesn't need to be. If you don't have a cafe or something like that, you know, you can, you know, it could obviously be uh, brown bag, bag lunches, PB&Js, stuff, all kinds of stuff like that, that you guys can kind of put, pull some things together and include that part of your guys's uh, camp fees. And that's the biggest thing is making it convenient for, for parents. You know, they just come in the morning, they drop them off and they come later on if they wanted to sit in the stands and watch the kids playing games and things like that. And so um, I think that's a big part of it. Um, if it wasn't summertime, another, um, Time that I would suggest as well is obviously like, you know, Christmas time or things like that. Um, again, anytime the kids are out of school, great time to run a camp, right? Uh, great time to run a camp um, in that sense. You know, and obviously the um, some camps are ran for, you know, an entire week. Some camps are ran for, you know, three days. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of different ways that you guys can organize in that way, depending on um, what that weekend looks like, what that week, uh, what that week looks like, the breaks that they're getting from school. But if you have your own kids, obviously that makes it a lot easier to stay on top of that that schedule when it comes to, um, you know, when the schools are out and things like that. So you can really help parents out. Yep, absolutely. And and if you're um, if you're trying to get really specific as far as let's say you're trying to put a youth camp together for you know your community or maybe with some travel ball kids. Um, keep in mind that, that the beginning of June, beginning and middle of June is usually when the, the Junior Olympic stuff happens. Um, so you might run into some issues there. Then obviously the 4th of July, uh, typically we'd always run a, a youth camp middle of July to um, you know beginning of August and kind of call it like end of summer camp, something for you guys to keep in mind if you're looking to put something together. And also coaches, if you're a high school or youth coach, don't hesitate to, you know, sign up your kid, sign up your cousin, sign up your nephew for one of those college camps and, and go see how they run that thing, man. I mean, we'd have parents and dads sit in the stands and people taking notes. You know, it's 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 always a good time to learn. Um, even just how to set up and run something like that is, is very valuable. So, um, you know, may, maybe just peek online at, at the colleges in your area. Um, a lot of times they post that stuff. And, and more often than not, those coaches aren't going to mind if you're kind of hanging around and, and seeing how they run shop. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a big one. Um, you know, uh, it, it's a big to obviously reach out to those resources and go. I mean, a big thing too, is even if you go by, um, if you're one of those youth coaches, a lot of coaches don't mind if you go stop by their practices, right? So, you know, getting a good array of like the area, um, you know, even if you shoot them an email prior, you know, Hey, can I come and, and shout out your guys' camp or things like that? You know, obviously building that network is, is going to be huge. And there's a whole bunch of different ways. Um, you know, if it's either a camp or a practice, there's a lot of those things you can pull together, um, and pull some ideas. I mean, one of the greatest, uh, ones is even one of the other guys that we have working with us here at 108, um, Will Marshall, he runs one of the, um, the largest wiffle ball, um, leagues in the, in the world actually. And it's actually, uh, interesting. They run summer camps, um, for, uh, youth athletes, right. And they come and play wiffle ball. I mean, we all know how fun wiffle ball is and he runs entire, uh, you know, entire camps and has large, large numbers of kids that come out just to play in a wiffle ball camp. Right. So that gives us a good example and an understanding of, you know, what are the ways that we can go about things, even if you're hosting something like that. Um, there's a whole bunch of ways that you can make it really fun and play a whole bunch of games and really limit the sides of the fields that you need and the players will be getting better 
Um, you know, I could say from a movement side, some of the best swings we see is when guys are just trying to play wiffle ball and they're, you know, they're, they're disconnecting themselves from the results. Um, and they're really just working on, you know, striking the objects and, and, and really, um, that's like almost true self-organization kind of in that way. So that's a, that's a great way, um, that we like to, we like to uh, utilize with our athletes. And I really saw, um, learning from Will, how he's ran his camps is very interesting as well. And the demand that they have. And to give you guys a little bit of context and and insight into that, you're probably wondering, you know, that's great. How does he get all those guys together? Um, A lot of these, uh, you know, junior high, late middle or late elementary school, obviously these guys are taking like a PE or gym class. And a lot of those teachers would be okay with you putting together a camp and just running it during um, the hours of those classes. Um, So that's something to keep in mind, maybe to get people more engaged um, in the game of baseball and, and like Joey said, especially if it's something like wiffle ball, it's more fun um, and, and allowing them to get out and compete and do it that way. So um, maybe that's something you guys can look uh, into doing is, is utilizing some of those um, local schools in your area to, to try to get something put together. Yeah, no, and that's a big thing. You know, obviously talking about with Will Weiss had so much success, it's easier to see the peak of the the iceberg there. But he did a lot of things. He's ran a lot of camps for free too, right? If you're looking for this to be a long-term thing, and definitely giving back to the community in that way. One thing they do at Lewiston uh, every single year when they were doing the World Series, right, is like a camp uh, prior, and that's to kind of give back to the community. And that's a big thing, you know, as well as guys like, um, you know, I always say before we can put our hand out, right, we have to have something to give. And the, the first part, we have to have something of value. And so, you know, maybe the first couple times you guys are running camps or if you want to make people more aware is, you know, a really just setting up something as a, as a free camp or something as a, um, a really cheap for parents to go to go and do. And you, you, start, you build up the demand, you build up the numbers that way, um, or maybe use it as a prelude to something else or a different type of camp. Or, you know, again, maybe one that's more wiffle ball based and then you, you use that opportunity or that clientele base. Again, maybe you collect, you know, emails or an email list and you can use that for um, later in the year for your guys' team, right? You get your players to come out and run that camp. And then later in the year, you use that email list to help you guys with fundraising or all kinds of other things, right? So sometimes we have to, you know, obviously put a lot of that groundwork in beforehand. And, you know, while Will has built it up to this point, you know, he's done a lot of legwork. He used to go around to all these schools and he would, he would again, come out multiple times a year and run um, like, you know, wiffle ball for the day for free, obviously at the, at the, uh, during that class. And then he would use at the end of the class, he would talk about how they run camps at a certain time of the year and send all those kids home with flyers. Right. So again, I was doing a lot of that work prior and again, like, you know, success leaves clues. Right. So, um, there's a lot of things that, you know, he was doing that we can take and, um, interwind with how we go about doing our business and building camps and building, um, you know, a whole bunch of, um, uh, kids that again, are going to really help in the sense of any high school coach understands like having those feeder, like having, uh, you know, kids being fed into the program is very important, right? A lot of, a lot of that talent and us interacting with the community and giving back to the community is really going to help in that sense for sure. Absolutely. I think that's something to, to take away and, and that you're alluding to there is that um, sometimes we just see the fruit, but we don't see uh, the work that was labored to, to bear that fruit. So uh, good information there and also good takeaways for um, really anybody looking to get into that to the camp sector. Shout out to Coach Brennan Brown and Coach Kelly Spam for those questions. Hopefully we did an adequate job of answering those. If you guys have any other questions, um, shoot us a DM if we didn't answer those quite the way you're looking to. Sometimes Joey and I can run through a couple different rabbit holes. No, but, um, no, no, never, never, <laughs> never. We could never. Uh, hopefully we did a good job doing that. Yeah, let me uh, let me, let me, me ask this question. This is well, off script, but uh, um, I'll bounce this off of you too. Yep. So um, when... 
you were growing up and kind of in that way, what is, what are some things, um, you know, if you were to go to a camp, right, what are, what are some things that you would like to do, right? Like, where do we start there? What are some things that you would want to do when you were that age? Well, the biggest thing for me was I always liked to play. Like, I always liked to play games and compete um, with other kids that were my age. Part of that was because I was so competitive anyways, and, and I got tired of beating the crap out of all my friends. So <laughs> Not I, me. Not <laughs> me. Not at the time, boy. <laughs> um, you know, I I always liked to go and kind of test myself and, and see where I was at, but also interact with the, with the coaches. You know, I, I thought that was a big aspect, especially going to those college camps was, you know, meeting the coaches, interacting with them, seeing how they more how they were as a person, you know, watching them from the stands was, was different, but being able to go there and shake their hand and communicate. And then kind of, like I said, I always look forward to, um, basically to seeing where I match up to the competition for my age, especially when I was really young, because I never played travel ball. So playing city ball and first getting introduced to that travel ball circuit, uh, really challenged me and propelled me to see where I needed to go and, um, kind of how to bridge that gap from where I was to where, uh, I wanted to go and then eventually where I was uh, down the road. But um, yeah, that's kind of how it went for me. What about you, Joey? Yeah, no, I think I think the bigger thing I have on that perspective as well is like, you know, what we see more often than not, especially when we, as players get older, that a lot of the um, issues that we see with players are, are man-made, right? And what that means is that, you know, too often than not, we're making all of these, uh, we're trying to make players move one way or because we have this idea of how guys should be moving. But I think more often than not, uh, Bo asked me the other day, like what I would do more with my kid. Um, I think what I do uh, more, I'd take it from uh, Lance Wheeler when it comes to this, as I see him train his kid and what they do is I would set up a whole bunch of things. I mean, I, th- I think that when they're young, it's a great, uh, to just set up a whole bunch of targets or to throw to them or just make them, um, just give them a whole bunch of tasks and let them be athletic. Um, and in that, in that sense is, you know, there's a lot less talking that we do with a lot of youth guys. And I really just try to, um, change the environment and really give them just creative things and let their bodies, um, organize to the task that we're giving them. We call them like a constraint organization. Right. So with that being, with that being said, like there's a, there's a big point with, um, you know, like novice learners, which are just, you know, uh, a novice learner is just someone that's early in their learning uh, stage with a certain task, right? Their, their, their brain is more plastic, right? And they're more open to the idea they let the environments, um, change and, and develop their motor patterns. And we see that with anybody that is, you know, uh, typically younger, right. Um, but also too, if they're just a new task that they haven't completed before, um, and so more often than not, I think in a, in a lot of ways, it's just letting, like setting things up and just giving guys reps is very important. Um, and again, like I said, if you make it fun and make it into games and make it more of like a, a carnival type setup, more than like, oh, this is a strict practice is, and uh, I think that's going to be a lot more obviously getting guys to return. Um, and I think you're going to see a lot uh, better results in that way as well. So I think there's a, a lot of ways that you can kind of pull from that angle when you look at like, you know, what are, what's happening with these athletes uh, later on in their careers when we like overcoach. How do you think that coaches should lay the groundwork? Cause you know, obviously parents, they're putting in money cause they want the answer. They, yep. they want to send their kids there. They want you to give them you know, four or five drills, four or five things they can take away to implement right away. So how do, how would you kind of work to bridge that gap between, you know, not over coaching, mm-hmm. but still giving them the value of, Hey, here's some takeaways you can, you can pull from the camp. Yeah. Yeah. And th- and I think this is the thing is again, you can give them, um, games, you can give them, um, you know, uh, not necessarily drills. Cause this is the thing too. Like, yeah, sure. You can give away some drills and some things like that to go and do, but 
Like, let's be honest in this way. Uh, just because, you know, when you go to the doctor, they don't prescribe the same exact medicine to every single person. You have to understand what's going on. Um, you know, obviously with them internally, are they allergic to this? Does this help them with that? Maybe they try this, but it makes them sick to their stomach, right? We have to have a better idea of, you know, how it's going to affect the individual. So I think, I think more often than not, we, you kind of just lay them a, uh, platform or you understand obviously some general, uh, generalities that just understanding that like, Hey, okay, like, look, like this is the thing, you know, we say in the platform, like, you know, again, don't ma- make sure you don't, you're not, if you want to give takeaways, like, Hey, ma- you know, uh, I think there's a lot of that stuff that goes with the parents. It's like, you know, a lot of players I think are playing too many games a year. Right. And, um, with that is understanding that we need to play, we need to play games, but maybe more of a solid, a solid, a solid understanding of understanding what it takes, uh, to get to some of those, those upper levels of understanding that, you know, we need to spend a lot more time developing and what that development looks like is not always, again, the playing in a whole bunch of games. Maybe that's playing with a ball outside. Like maybe that's them going and playing kickball. That's maybe that's, you know, giving them better advice for a lot of different games. A lot of the games that we play and a lot of the things that we do with players, um, even at the facility, I mean, we have badminton, right, that we play with. We have soccer balls. We have footballs. We have a whole bunch of things for different sports that we have even our athletes that are older guys playing pickleball, right? We have a whole bunch of different things that we have. We force guys to be athletic and we come up with athletic games um, to force them to problem solve. And also too, the, the, the force of a lot of these things are, you know, like, let's say like ping pong and things like that, right? A lot of these things have uh, developed guys, uh, kinesthetic uh, awareness and understand, um, their spatial awareness and their proprioception. These are bigger things and bigger, um, changes that guys will need to, uh, to develop over time for them to play at very high levels. So I think it's more of a foundational and understanding, um, of guys, not so much like saying you need to do these five drills, right. But having a better understanding of how we would go about, uh, developing these, these players. And that isn't necessarily playing a whole bunch of games throughout the year. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and considering those youth levels and some of these coaches that are doing that, Joey, um, what do you think that balance should be? What's What do you think the message is um, to the coaches that are playing a ton of games? I know that we have uh, Rudy Garcia, one of the, the best youth coaches, um, the, the MVP hustle in the country. I know I've heard his perspective. We've had him on the podcast uh, managing that development versus playing games. Um, how do you think those coaches should go about that maybe a little bit better? Yeah, no. And I think this is the thing. Look, like there's some, there's uh, the, the big thing with what Rudy, and again, you can definitely go back and listen to his episode and some of his perspectives on the development. But um, I think there's a big uh, part of developing athletes um, and making sure, and, and, a, and a big scheme is that there's times to develop players, right? And there's times to play games, right? And while, um, you know, let's say a team like MVP doesn't mean that they don't play um, a large amount of games, but what they do is they cut a lot of their practices and then they allow, uh, what Rudy does is he allows there's strategically his players are training at different, you know, like private, uh, private facilities. Um, and you know, obviously one away being a large part of those. Um, and then when they go to practice and they're actually on the field they're you know, they're practicing uh, defense or things that he's strategically, um, you know, diving into, you definitely can go back and listen to his podcast. Um, about that, if you want to kind of dive into the details of how he thinks about it and why they've had so much success as an organization, but he kind of has that that same mindset. Is again, we can't be um, you know overworking these players or really burning them out um, at a really young age. Again, obviously overuse. There's a lot of overuse um, uh, with youth athletes. Again, maybe they're throwing too much 
or again, we, it's much more than just um, a pitch count or things like that. And, and again, we, we kind of dive into it on that episode. So definitely one to tune back into um, if you kind of want to dive into understanding the youth on that side. Um, but much more, we, get, we need to understand that again, the development side is, is, is very important. Um, we don't take, it's, it's just like in the weight room, you don't go and max out every single day right? You have to develop, right? And then you go back up and then you hit a PR, right? You don't just sit there and try to PR every single day. And then the same thing too, when on the playing field, it's, it's sending, we, when we're in school, we don't take a test every single day. There's times that we have to learn new material and then we go back and test. And the game inside the game is the test, right? There's things that we can learn from tests, right? We can, we can take the test and do it that way, but there's much more learning being done at practice. or there's much more learning being done in a, like in a training type setting, um, than there is in just a multitude of taking test and test and test. Yeah. And it's important to remember, like Joey's mentioned several times when we're at those younger ages, our minds and our bodies are in just a lot more of a plastic state building that foundation. Um, it's like, it's like when you take Spanish, you got to take Spanish one before you can take Spanish two. It's easier to build the foundation than go back and try to learn the foundation later on when you're in high school or college. So, yeah. Well, guys, you know, uh, again, we're going to have more and more episodes like this. So make sure you stay tuned um, on our social media so you guys can interact and we can give you guys shout outs over the airways. Uh, really appreciate you guys tuning in. Obviously, um, again, we have we built up quite a bit uh, of a member base when it comes to our online resource that we put together um, for all of these different uh, resources. Um, the, the help push the game forward and help give you guys information. We have a bunch of hitting and performance uh, stuff on there as well. Um, pitching this whole from uh, big organizations or big schools around the nation. Again, like we mentioned with like BYU and some of those, uh, there's different charts. There's all kinds of things you can use in game and kind of practice plans. If you guys are trying to do this stuff, um, we also need you guys for that. So make sure that you guys send over your guys's information or maybe again, how you've ran camps or how you've organized it. If you have any of that documentation and you send that over, we'd be happy to host that on the site. Give you guys a shout out on social media, maybe next time on the, on the airways as well. Um, so make sure, uh, you know, if you guys send that over, DM us or get us uh, over on our email. And then if you guys visit the system.farm again, that's our website. Um, we have, that's where you can find those resources. You guys can become a free member again, a free member. Yeah. Far E that's right. Free. So again, go on there, get that signed up so you can, you can get hold of those resources. Um, and you can take advantage of that. Um, when you guys are also there too, make sure you guys look like you're part of the team because you already are, um, go ahead and get the gear. We got shirts and uh, a hat. You can jump on there as well. So make sure to check into all those things, but from us and our partners over at Yakutech until next time. Farm system out.